Welcome to Stepping Into Health, Inspiring Conversations with Tamara Ortigal. Join me for engaging conversations with people who are shining their light in the world. You will hear us chat about business, relationships, spirituality, community, hobbies, and health, all the things that contribute to our vitality and wholeness. Although I love to talk about food as medicine, energy healing, and other holistic modalities, at the root of my health coaching practice are these questions. Why do you want to be healthy? And what steps are you willing to take to get there? Through my podcast, I hope to increase your awareness of what is possible and to inspire you to take action. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Tamara. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for this lovely Monday morning. I know it. Yeah, it's, I'm really fortunate. I'm on a little vacation in Florida, so I'm super happy. Oh, yes. Good for you. I know it. Yeah. But I'm super excited to talk to you, and I want to get right to it because we have so much to talk about. Um, I just feel like there are a lot of people who um, are suffering right now, and many have addictions to all sorts of things and are unable to overcome them. And I know that you're on a journey and working thing, through things with honesty, humor, and grace. And I think so many people can learn from your experience. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that and for having me on today. I'm, I'm excited um, to share my story and just, you know, with the hope that uh, this will be good for myself, more so for anybody else that, that may be listening and struggling with any, any addictions, like you mentioned, or anything else in, in life. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, people can be addicted to a lot of things. And um, we need to check in on ourselves and see where we're at. So this is really going to be good. Yeah. 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 So to begin, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yes. So um, I grew up in Schaumburg. So I've born and raised, lived all my life in the good old Midwest. So I'm used to this snow and cold. Um, I am the youngest of three. I have two older brothers. I'm the only girl. And I grew up in like an Italian household, which meant, you know, just a lot of like traditional, you know, always spending time with family and uh, hot tempers, a lot of good food, good times. Um, my mom was home with us while my dad was always working, worked so hard, you know, to put food on the table. So we didn't get to see him very often. But, um, you know, that just that's just kind of like how that how how I was raised. And then I am fortunate to have two boys of my own. I have Drake, who is nine, and Bowden, who is 11. I've been married to my husband, Matt, who's a pretty awesome guy. Um, we've been married for about 16 years now, and now we live in Glen Ellen. And um, I do, you know, I went to the University of Minnesota, majored in psychology because I'm so intrigued with, like, human behavior. And that pretty much led me to get into the field of marketing. And, um, you know, after I had Bowden, he's my first. I was working at a digital marketing agency in the city of Chicago, and I actually lost my job, which was a blessing in disguise. I, you know, I really was planning on going back to work, and we talked about maybe me staying home, the idea of me staying home after we had, you know, another child. But, um, position and it was like I said it was a blessing in disguise and so I stayed home with my boys for a few years and then I started my own digital marketing consulting business because I wanted the best of both worlds I wanted to be home with my boys and 
um, you know, while also having the freedom to make my own schedule. So I've been doing that for about nine years now. Um, and then I've dabbled in some other areas. I did, you know, I was an event manager at a restaurant for two years and also worked at Luxonor, which is how you and I met. Um, last year, I worked at Luxonor as a marketing manager. So, um, so that's kind of like where I'm at today and a little bit about me. Well, I appreciate your sharing how you grew up. You know, my um, dad worked a lot, really long hours too. He was in the car business and in uh, restaurants. And um, so, yeah, it's hard when one parent is, you know, working so hard and absent a lot. It's hard on the other parent and it's hard on the kids. So I, yeah. I completely understand how you feel. Um, so you are on this journey to give up alcohol. And I'm just wondering, you know, if you would be willing to share at what point in your life did you realize that alcohol was causing you harm? Sure. So, yeah, um, I would say, you know, that within my drinking career, I was always a binge drinker. So I've never been one of those people who could just enjoy one or two cocktails at a time, you know, just like, I just don't have a shut up valve. So once I start, I don't stop. And that, you know, that was always kind of the case for me. But, you know, in my 20s, I mean, I started drinking, you know, at college when I turned 21. And went to an occasional party in high school, but, you know, mostly in my twenties when I lived in the city and just hanging out with friends, it was just, you know, that's what you do. You know, it was just like, you know, you go to the bars, you go to parties. And then, you know, and then I got married and, um, my husband and I would just, you know, that's what we did, you know, on the weekends, you know, we'd have a glass of wine here or there during the week. And then I would say probably, you know, I, I just, again, I used it kind of like as a survival survival tool, you know, later on in life, it was more of a the social aspect in my twenties. And then as I grew older and just became a mother too, just the stressors of life, you know, I just used it like, you know, again, just a little bit of social anxiety. If I knew I was going out, you know, and then also just, if I was exhausted from, you know, being a mother, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, I had no idea what the hell I was doing and just trying to navigate through this new thing called motherhood and um, just the stressors of life. And then my brother passed away. Unfortunately, my big brother, Stevie, um, died at the age of 44. That was seven years ago. And that was a huge loss for me and for all of us. And so I was very angry and I just didn't understand. And so, you know, that's kind of like when I started drinking more often. Um, and like I said, I just became like a kind of an angry drunk. And then I would probably say it really got bad two years ago. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, I was, you know, I worked at an upscale restaurant as an event manager and it was just very easily accessible. And, um, you know, I just let the stressors of life get to me. I just had this like self-destructive, you know, behavior and then just limiting thoughts. And I was just kind of at this place in my life where I was just looking for something else. And I, I don't know, but it was 2019 was a very dark year for me. And, you know, I was drinking all the time, including at my job and um, just, I felt like I was just in survival mode, you know, and I was just, I was in this vicious, I was stuck in this vicious cycle of just the thoughts in my head. And, um, you know, I just looking back, I just feel like I was either drunk or hung over most of that year. And I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, it's very upsetting, especially as a mother, there was so much time and energy wasted. And, um, but I'm, you know, but that, 
that's kind of like where where it started to you know ha take happen you know where the worst got you know came to came to be and so for the last couple of years you know i've just been on this mission you know more like a journey of trying to get to a better place i tried so many things i mean it's um it, it you know addiction is very complicated very complex and there's no right or wrong way to do it so for me i tried several different things i tried this program i don't know if you've ever heard of smart recovery um and i don't remember exactly what smart stands for but the reason i liked it what intrigued me is that it's you know it's open for you know addictions of all you know shapes and sizes for like food for gambling sex drugs booze and um I was just kind of turned off with AA, the things that I heard about. It was very, you know, based about, you know, believing in God and just, you know, you had to say that I was an alcoholic, you were an alcoholic and whatever. So, um, so I tried to find some other ways to do it. You know, I considered rehab even at one time and just cause I was so scared and I was also afraid to ask for help. You know, I just, um, as a mother and just as a woman, you know, you just feel like, you know, we take so much on ourselves and, you know, our, it's so easy to take care of everybody but ourselves. And, you know, I didn't know what I, I was wor so worried and wrapped up in what other people would think. So I was just in the background trying to, you know, find other ways that I could get better on my own. And, um, but whatever. So, you know, last year was a very um, pivotal point for me. I remember because, I, like I mentioned, I went to the University of Minnesota and my best friend, Stephanie, still lives in Minneapolis. And I told myself that, you know, this was going to be it. 2020 was going to be the year I was going to get sober. And so I took a week off and I went to go see her and stay with her. And she knew, you know, what my mission was. And I actually wanted to stay at a retreat center. I didn't even know if some, anything like that existed, but I literally Googled retreat centers near Minneapolis and came across this place called the Ark. Um, and I went and stayed for two days and it like, it was life changing. You know, it was in the middle of winter. I was literally the only person that stayed, you know, at this place. And they welcomed me in with open arms. And I just, you know, I told myself that I was going to, going to challenge myself that week. And I did, you know, I just, I remember I went for a hike. Um, I think my first day I had these, I, they had these like snow boots or shoes. And I put those on, had no idea what the hell, how to do it. You know, it was, it was a lot of work, but um, I just went for this long hike and just stopped and just looked around me and it was just so peaceful and i just started yelling you know and just yelling to to the booze you know and saying i'm taking my life back and you know i know what i'm capable of and i'm not you know i can i'm i'm i can be and i will be better and you know it, it was just it was freeing you know i just had this moment of just like freedom and you know, so it was just, it was, a, it was just exactly what I needed at that time. You know, I went back to the cabin or back to the lodge and I journaled, you know, for hours, I read a book, I even colored, you know, just things that I haven't done for so long. And, um, and then, yeah, so that was in January of last year. And then I, I did great. I went all of the whole month of January and didn't drink and then COVID hit and I was back to, you know, drinking and, um, you know, it was just like a lot of people, we, nobody knew what to do. And, you know, we just, I just let it, again, I let it get the best of me. My husband and I were drinking, whether it was a bottle of one or two or three bottles of wine, whether it was Monday night, whether it was Thursday night or Saturday night. And, um, 
so yeah, it was just kind of, that was, you know, I was kind of back to my thing. And then, um, you know, it was, it was on his birthday. It was June 24th of last year that we went to Michigan with our friends and for vacation to celebrate him. And I hit my rock bottom and, um, you know, I just started drinking like all my vacations in the past. I just figured it was an excuse to start drinking before noon and which I did, I had a bloody Mary at lunch that day. Um, and then I continued to drink for the rest of the night. And unfortunately I don't remember much of the rest of the day. I just woke up the next day and I just knew that I did something really wrong. And I just the look in my kids faces and my husband, I just, it was one of, it was one of the worst moments of my life. I mean, I just, but at the same time, it was the right moment. It was, sorry, I get a little emotional thinking about it, but it was just exactly, it, it, it needed to happen. And, you know, and again, and, that, and that's the thing, it's like some people have to hit a rock bottom before they can, you know, come up for air and get to where they need to be. And I just, I, I, I guess, you know, that's part of the reason why I chose to share my story is because, you know, if I can, you know, hold, help somebody so that they don't have to hit their rock bottom, you know what I mean? That they can get their shit together and figure it out before that happens. But, but everything was meant to be that way. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the moments and, you know, and here I am today, it's been 242 days that I've been without booze and, you know, my life is just turned around tremendously. I'm just, I'm happy. I'm so clear minded, you know, I'm just focused and then I'm just grateful for all that I have and everything that's in front of me. So that's kind of, yeah. Kind of how that went out. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not easy. The journey you're on is not easy, and um, I'm I'm really grateful that you are sharing, and I think you're going to help a lot of people. Uh, the reason this is important to me is because I was um, 17 when my own dad went through a recovery program. He did do an inpatient program, and um, and he didn't drink then for 30 years, and it was just amazing the ability, you know, for him to, to overcome that addiction. And, um, unfortunately in our family, it led to a bankruptcy and it ultimately led to a divorce. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, uh, so happy for you that you've got a great support system that your, you know, your friends, your husband, your children are rallying with you, um, to move forward in a positive way. And I think that says a lot about you that, you know, you're, a person that's so loved and also someone willing to um, to have people lock arms with you and be on this, on this journey with you. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and a couple other things, I mean, it's like, you know, just hearing you talk about that, like, you know, with your history and your father, and that's, I think that's just, that's common, you know, for a lot of us. And I'm grateful that I, cause I, I grew up, you know, there's alcoholism in my family and, you know, I was privy to that and I get to break that cycle, you know? And, and so it's like, that's, that makes me, I'm honored to, to do that and to, you know, to, cause that's the thing, you know, I'm one of those people, like everything has to happen for a reason. Like, you know, I just, one of those things I struggled with, like, why did my brother get taken away from us? And why did I have to struggle with booze? And, but again, it's like, and that's the thing, you know, just again, when I was talking about some of the steps that I took, to get where I am today, AA was one of those steps. And I did end up going, you know, to about, you know, maybe eight to 10 meetings. And um, it just wasn't my thing. You know, I just, for me, I cringed every time I had to sit down and say, my name is Nikki, I'm an alcoholic, but 
Um, but again, I got so much out of each and every meeting that I went to. And I know there's so many people that are successful with AA. But the one thing that I was able to get from that experience, as well as, you know, my therapist that I've been working with who specializes in alcoholism is that, again, you know, kind of talking about the God thing, because, you know, I, I've never... I'm just not a very religious person. I mean, I grew up Catholic, but I didn't practice it. And we didn't, you know, I didn't go to, the only time I went to church as a kid was, you know, for weddings or funerals, things like that. But, but now that I have removed booze from my life, now I, I have just been able to embrace the spiritual path. And now I can look and see that my brother is my higher power and it doesn't, you know, again, if it, it doesn't have to be a God, it can be whatever you want it to be. But again, you know, with booze, I realized that I couldn't do this by myself. Like this is something, addiction is a disease and it's, and it's not something that you can really do on your own. You need help. And, and I've just been like, you know, so whenever I, I just remember the day of getting down on my knees and praying to my brother to give me the strength to get through this. And to, you know, to be the best version of me. And so now when I have those moments, I can, you know, it's just, it's, it's so much better for me that I can believe that my higher power is my brother. And, you know, and that just helps me just live my life, you know, just in a different, totally different aspect than I ever did before. Yeah, I know. I think that's really beautiful. I, yeah, we have angels all around us, right? And even though he's physically not here with you, he's very much a part of your life. And um, and your support. I, um, I love it that you um, actually said that you don't like saying, hi, I'm Nikki, I'm an alcoholic. Um, you know, it's probably not a popular view. And maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, really. But I don't like it when people say, for example, I'm a cancer survivor. Um, because, you know, I don't think it's really your identity. You know, I think that people have cancer, they have diabetes, like your brother, they have anxiety, they have depression, they have different things, but it's not who they are. It's, um, you know, just something that they deal with. And I think that alcoholism almost is a symptom too um, of maybe your anxiety. And it's, you know, your coping me mechanism for anxiety. And I, I'm sure, you know, all the things that you're doing now with um, your alcohol recovery is going to probably also impact maybe anxiety that you feel. And, um, and so I, I just, I guess I really like that, that you um, are separating your alcoholism from you. Yes. And, um, and I just think that's really healthy. And I like that mindset. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's, it is, it's, it's a label, you know, those are just like labels, you know, that we give ourselves and others give ourselves, we give to others. And it's just, that's how we get so caught up. And that's how the stories in our head start and just, Oh, the judgments and all that other crap that, you know, happens. But um, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you, um, you know, looked at all the different ways that you could tackle this and you tried on some things, but you acknowledge like what didn't feel good to you and wasn't going to work for you. And I think that's what's great, too, is there's not a one size fits all process to go through. And, um, you know, I know that you're working diligently with your counselor and you, um Tell me a little bit about how you feel that um, recovery is different for women than maybe men, because I know you and I talked a little bit about that, that you really love being part of support, support systems that focus on women. 
Yes, yes. I mean, again, it's just, you know, the obvious, of course, is that, you know, us women are just built so much differently than men, like, not, you know, of course, physically, but just mentally, just the way we process things, the way we treat others, the way, you know, we overthink, the way we sympathize, the way we empathize. I mean, just so much of that. And so that was something you know, and again, I just, I know myself, I don't know how men respond to, you know, just addiction or just issues, whatever. I just know myself too. And I'm, I feel like I'm very in tune with my body and my mind. Like I've been in therapy off and on for years and because I'm always trying to better myself and just, you know, I'm very in touch with, you know, what I don't like about myself and just trying to, you know, just work on it. I, I always say I'm a work in progress, but, um, but so that was one thing, you know, when I did go to the AA meetings, I seeked out, you know, women support groups. And because that's what's great about AA, they have, you know, such a variety of different groups. And um, I did go to one group where it was men and women, and I just didn't feel as comfortable. And so with women, you know, it's just the things that come up, um, you know, with some of we just similar struggles, you know, just like motherhood or just like you know, the guilt and, you know, just the pressures that we put on ourselves. And so for me, I just find that I'm able to relate to women, obviously, you know, or not obviously, but just, you know, better. And, um, and that's just something that, you know, as I, you know, as I'm growing, you know, and going through this process, I, you know, I, I want to just be able to, of course, I would love to help anybody and everybody, but, you know, women in particular, we just have different needs and different, um, different desires. And so um, I'm trying to think of where I was going with this. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. You know, let's switch gears for a second um, and talk about your blog. You yes. have this beautiful blog called Feisty Fierce Female. And yes. um, I think that's fabulous. And I especially love your blog post, Sober and Still the Life of the Party. So talk to us about your, your blog. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been wanting to write for a while now, just something inside me. It was just, um, was just calling to me, I guess, you know, and, and um, because again, I just feel that I, you know, I, I have a hard time with my words. Clearly, you know, I just fumbled on my words two minutes ago, but I just, I have a better time, you know, I'm just, you know, when I've journaled, you know, I started journaling probably about 20 years ago and I can just, I, I'm more clear-minded and I'm, I'm able to put my thoughts together so much better in paper or, you know, when I'm typing or writing it out. And so I thought that this would be a great avenue for me to share my story. And um, with the hopes, again, like for you, a couple things, you know, it would, I knew it would be therapeutic for myself, you know, as I continue to go through this process because, you know, you know what, I feel like when I put my words out there and share, you know, a different blog post, that's I, I'm holding myself accountable. And I want to hold myself accountable to you and to my family, to my friends, and even to strangers, because um, otherwise, you know, if I, you know, that that way, I just feel like if I put put it out there to the universe, then that's going to come back to me. And um, so that was one of the way that one of the ways I looked at it. And then my other other goal was, again, just to help, you know, anybody else, whether it be one, you know, a few or many, many people or women, you know, who might be struggling with with something similar, whether it be booze or, you know, just sugar addiction, caffeine, shopping, you know, drugs, whatever, anything. And because that's therapeutic for me. It always has been when I know that somebody else is going through something similar 
you know, it's just like, thank goodness I'm not, I'm not alone, you know, and, and it's just, you know, especially, you know, so many aspects of our life when we, you know, when we start college, when we start, you know, when we live our, you know, start in our twenties, when we live on our own for the first time and have to start adulthood and then motherhood. And then, you know, as we age and just facing, you know, just growing older and, you know, there's so many phases, phases of life and we're constantly changing. And so it's like, I mean, I just turned 48 this year and I'm proud of that. And, but I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been 48 years old before. You know what I mean? And I was never, I, I didn't know what it was like to be an alcoholic, but you know, cause it was, I've never had been before, but, but again, it's just all these different personalities and all these different phases of our life. And so I wanted to share that story and uh, everything that I'm experiencing and going through with others. And, um, I'm so grateful. I can't even believe the, you know, the feedback and the response that I've gotten from people, like I said, both, you know, people I know and even complete strangers and, you know, people from all, you know, stages of my life, you know, previous coworkers and high people I went to high school with and college and, you know, telling me, yeah, I'm seven weeks sober. I'm four months sober. I'm seven years, you know, sober. And it's, it's just so, you know, it, it's awesome to know that there's others that I'm on this path with. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, you know, I'm, I want to continue to write. I would love one day to write a book, you know, we'll see what happens, but, um, but that was just, you know, yeah, fierce, fierce, feisty female. I actually just changed the name of it because I it was driving me nuts, Tamara, but I kept saying fierce, feisty female but it was feisty, fierce female, just because I, I don't know why I just when I was putting it together, but I literally and I, you know, I literally just changed this like two days ago. So if anyone's searching, I would I would love and be honored for anyone to read the blog. It's called fierce, feisty female. Um, and I try, you know, I just when I'm feeling it, you know, I said I was going to write a blog every Tuesday, but you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, what? I don't want to put that pressure on myself. If I'm not really feeling something, you know, I, I just, that's the thing. I want it to be more organic. So when I'm, you know, when I'm feeling like there's something I want to share, that's when I'll write a blog and share it. So, yeah, no, that's great. I think, yeah, leaving it open and um, not forcing it um, yes. is really authentic. Yeah. yeah. How are your kids responding? Oh, yeah. So my boys are, they're my world, man. So I just, um, Bowden is my 11 year old. He's, um, and he's very perceptive. He knew I was struggling and, um, you know, it was just, it, it sucked. I mean, it was really hard to see, but you know, like he would tell, you know, my friend Betsy, you know, um, one of my closest friends that we spent a lot of time with, he was telling her, you know, often, you know, that mom is sick again, my mom is sick again, and I want to help her. And it would just break my heart to hear that. And, you know, Drake is the younger one. He's, um, he's not oblivious. That's not, I don't like that word, but he's just, he's just, he's, he's just like my husband and Bowden's just like me. So he's just, he's very laid back and just goes with the flow and just, plus he's nine, you know? And I, I mean, again, this was, you know, like a year, two years ago. So even younger then. So he knows I like to have fun and, you know, hang out and, you know, and all those great things. But, um, but Bowden was definitely one that was just, he knew something was going on and, and I share, pretty much everything with my boys. I'm honest with them and cause I want them to be real and, and genuine as well as they grow. And, um, so they're, they know that I'm on this journey. I've told them that, you know, I'm, I'm no longer drinking booze and I don't know if they really know what that means, but Bowden, I can tell for sure. Like they're both very proud of me and, um, 
you know, when we talk about it, because we talk about it regularly and, you know, just, you know, when things come up, you know, big anniversaries, like today is day 224 or, or I'm sorry, 242. And, you know, so when it's like a date, when it was day 100 or day 200, you know, we have like small celebrations and, you know, and, and so we talk about it openly and because I want my boys to know, you know, when the time comes, not if, I'm not going to fool myself, but when the time comes when alcohol is presented or offered to them, that they can make that choice. They, they've seen what I've struggled with and, you know, they can make that choice themselves. And, and the best part is now I get to be the role model that I want it, that I want to be. And, you know, I, I want, I want to be proud of them, but I also want them to be proud of me and, so now I'm getting emotional again, but you know, so it's like, so now I'm just like, now I'm just living the best life because, you know, I just remember that year, like we have a pool and there were so many weekends that, um, are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on one of my tangents, but, um, so we have a pool and there was just so many weekends, Tamara, that I would just spend the day like laying in bed, like just recovering, hung over and it sucked. There was just you know, so many, you know, missed opportunities. And and again, I, I've forgiven myself for that. I can't, you know, that's allowed me to to do this recovery and to get as far as I have today because I, I had I had to stop beating myself up. So that's the thing. Now my you know, now I get to spend more time with my family and friends and my boys and, and just and it's it's so good. And yeah. It is such a gift that you're giving them. You know, kids are very perceptive and um I I do remember that aha moment when I was probably 12, I just noticed that my dad never drank anything but orange juice was my perception of this. And then I learned that really there was always vodka in the orange juice. Um, and, um, you know, he had, a, he had a few little quirky, erratic behaviors. You know, he was not a, um, an angry person when he was drinking, but he just, you know, his, his lifestyle was just different. He didn't, he didn't run on the same time schedule that the rest of us did. And um, it just made it really hard to be in a relationship, you know, in a family setting with him. Um, he just kind of did his own thing. And, um, you know, I wasn't really connected to what he was going through, but I, I protected myself. I was like your younger son. I protected myself from the crazy by removing myself. So I know I spent a lot of time in my bedroom, but my older sister was very much impacted by uh, his drinking. And, um, you know, I, th I think it is important for, you know, each of us deals with it a little bit differently. And I think it's really cool that you can see the differences in your kids and that, you know, they're so young, they're going to benefit so much from what you're learning and sharing. And, you know, then they'll be on their own alcohol journey if they decide to drink or not drink. But, um, you know, I, I know I do have a glass of wine. Um, and that's usually one is plenty for me. I just, don't like the feeling of not being in control. And I do, I recognize that this, you know, is uh, a pattern in families. And I try really hard not to be somebody who, um, you know, relies on alcohol and, you know, knock on wood so far, so good. But um, yeah. I think it is, you know, realizing the impact that it has on kids and families and, um, and not just alcohol, of course, all the other things too, right? You can have an addiction to shopping or to whatever, whatever your thing is. And so, um, right. yeah, I think it's great that what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. How, um, or what, I guess, what is the most challenging part of staying sober for you? Ooh. Um, so I would probably say just 
dealing with the stresses of life and the social aspect of it. And, and that's the thing, like we're in, we're in a pandemic right now, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that was one thing my therapist said early on is like, if you can get sober during COVID, like that's amazing. And, and I can see that for sure, because again, so many people are reaching for, you know, crutches and just reaching for things because we're bored, you know, and just because our lives have been turned upside down. And some of us are dealing with loss and just, you know, everything that, that has happened, our, our life, we've just, our lives have changed tremendously in the last year. But, but for me, I'm just thinking about, you know, when we do go back to a little bit, you know, some of the normalcy, it's going to be challenging. I mean, I've already been to, you know, a couple gatherings, like smaller gatherings, and we've had some friends over like for New Year's Eve and my birthday. And, um, and so I'm okay with that. I've, you know, I've become good friends with Heineken Zero. And because for me, it's just like, it still tastes like beer. And, and I get to hold a drink in my hand. And I feel like I'm still socializing. Because that was one of the things that I was worried about was that my identity, because again, I've always identified myself as the party girl, you know, I'm always the last to leave, you know, dancing on, dancing on the bar and just like having a good time. And just, it has to, you know, the two go hand in hand. And I worried for a split second, are people going to still want to hang out with me if I'm not boozing? And, and then I was like, forget that, you know, just like, I want to, you know, if people don't want to hang out with me, then that's their loss, you know, and, and just, you know, this is, this is, this is where I'm at today. And so I've just realized that now I can have way better time because now I can remember. And now it's like, now it's all of me that I'm there in those situations. And, you know, when I'm engaging in conversations, I, you know, cause before I would piss people off, you know, just like I, you know, get loud, the more I drink and just, you know, just crazy, you know, my, the questions that I ask, but whatever. So now I get to be like really present in the moment, you know, when I am hanging out with friends and family and, but again, like those challenges do, you know, they, and, and they always will. I mean, you know, they, they, they will always present itself. You know, there's all the stressors of life are always going to be there. There's always going to be social situations. I mean, unfortunately the society we live in glamorizes, you know, booze, as you know, and, and it's just like, it's just, that's like I said before, it goes hand in hand. When you go to a birthday party, when you go to an anniversary party, you go to like a wedding, whatever it is. But, um, and that's okay. You know, like New Year's Eve was an example for me where I was struggling a bit that night. And and I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I actually did an Instagram live that day with my buddy TJ, who's also on a similar path. And I think maybe some things came up that in that conversation again about me and I was feeling a little bit of guilt about what I did, you know, the time I took away from my kids. So I think that kind of sat with me that night. So I was a little on edge, but then for my birthday party a month later, we had friends over and we did like this murder mystery party. It was super fun and I was totally fine not drinking. So, you know, again, it's, it's not one of those things that you can really plan for that, you know, the shit just kind of sneaks up on you and, so, um, and that's okay, you know, cause now I can think it through now. Now I'm able to think through the drink. I was, I wasn't able to do that before when I was stuck. So, um, so that's probably, you know, what I would say is like, just the challenges, like, you know, of, of, um, of, of staying sober. Yeah. Well, I think like any habit, we just need to swap things out. And I think there are for people who are looking for alternatives. I know, um, I bought myself, um, a mix out, mixer called Seedlip, um, 
And we talked about that. It's loaded with sugar, so it's not a really super healthy swap. Yeah. But um, yeah. but I, you know, my husband and I always try to do a, a dry January. And um, and so I thought, well, that could be fun to like mix that, you know, with water or mineral water or something like that. And um, but there are so many ways that, you know, you can create your own little concoction. You can put it in a wine glass if everybody else is drinking wine. Um, you know, so I think it's great that you can be however forward you want. Like you can just say, hey, I don't drink and a story yeah. or you don't have to admit that to people you don't want to. You can just kind of camouflage it and, um, you know, make it a non-issue. Exactly. So, yeah, I think. Um, yeah. And I think you can do a lot with this. I know I um, over the years being, uh, you know, in health and wellness, I follow a lot of people. And um, there's a guy named James Swanick and he has a Facebook group called Alcohol Free Lifestyle. And um, probably three or four years ago, I did, I first did the challenge with him for 30 days. And I watch him coach tons and tons of people who are giving up alcohol. And I see the stories that they write about. And I'm just so proud of them and inspired by them and their tenacity to stick with it. And, um, you know, the gift they're giving to themselves and others. So I think uh, I think you're going to going to do so many great things for people and for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to check out that his, uh, his Facebook page for sure. I mean, and that's, what's so great is that there's so many resources and tools available. I mean, I was never looking before, of course, but now it's like just even on Instagram and just, yeah, social media, but just it, there's, there's definitely things that are available. I mean, so you just kind of have to, you know, use that, use your support system, use, just don't be afraid to ask for help. Cause that's, I feel like, you know, another thing that really helped me too was just my mindset. You know, I, that was, that's the thing I, I wanted to mention was just for me, like you said, like, you know, you, you and your husband do some every year, like you try to do drive January and that's awesome. I commend you both for doing that. Um, so for me, you know, when I was trying to, cause I'm trying to give this up for life. Right. And so I think, and so I think that's where I got caught up was that, it was too much for me to think about giving this up for the rest of my life. Like I just, you know, I thought, yeah, I, that was just so much to handle. So in January of last year, when I, you know, went to Minneapolis, I said I was going to, this was going to be it. And maybe that was too much for me because I got through the whole month and then started up again. But it wasn't until that I realized that I need to take this one day at a time and moment by moment. And that was achievable for me. That was an achievable goal. When I looked at it, like I can never drink alcohol ever again, that it was just, it scared me. And it was just, it was hard to think of it that way. And so that's exactly what I do today. You know, so many of my friends and family will ask me, will you ever drink again? I'm like, and I just tell them, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that I will be able to just because of my, you know, my personality, but um, but again, I can't think about that. I just think about today and the 242 days before today. And, and that's it. And that, that's really helped me, you know, just kind of go move forward with, with this process. Yeah. Well, and I think like anything, if we do slip in our lives, we just have to start over the next day. You know, yes. we can't, um, think that, you know, that, that means something, Ultimately, like, you know, it's not a failure. It's just, you know what, we make mistakes and the next day we start over. And I always, I always feel like that. And, um, and I start over every day, you know, I just, okay, what's today, you know, what's my plan for today? And um, I think it's, you know, really uh, important for all of us to just have that beginner's mindset 
that it's a new opportunity. It's a new day. For sure. Oh my gosh. Amen to that sister. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know that you're doing um, yoga teacher training. Tell us about how that came about. Yes. Oh, I love it so very much. It's, it's crazy. I mean, again, it's one of those things I've, you know, I've been practicing yoga off and on for three, three or four years, love hot yoga. And, um, and so I got, yeah, I just feel like it wasn't until I stopped drinking that I've just gained this new appreciation for yoga. Um, and so I've been doing, you know, I've been practicing more in the last, you know, six, seven months. Um, and so it's just, it, it's just been, again, one of like a different type of survival, survival tool for me, for me, I guess. Um, and and it, because every time I do a yoga practice, I feel so inspired and strong afterwards. And it's helped me calm some of the crap that just constantly runs through my head. I mean, yoga is the, I hope I don't mess this up, but it's the stilling of the fluctuations of the mind. And so for me, that's just kind of like, you know, where I get so caught up is just, you know, the, 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 the crap that runs through my head. And so yoga has allowed me to just kind of step onto the mat and just kind of let all that shit go for, you know, that 60, 75 minutes. And I just realized that this is something that I want to share with others. And so I, it all kind of happened so fast. Cause like I said, it was just like at the end of last year that I'm like, I think I want to earn my yoga teacher training. And so I did some research and I stumbled upon focus Ohm, which is in Brookfield. That's the studio where I'm doing the training. And um, the program itself started in November, but they were able, you know, I reached out to the owner and to my, um, somebody that I know, and they were able to get me in and I started January 6th and, um, it's been, it's been very, very intense and challenging, but so gratifying, so amazing. I mean, I can't even tell you, like, I'm just learning so much about yoga practice, philosophy, you know, anatomy. I just, I it just had no idea, which is you know, which is fine, you know, and, um, but I'm, yeah, so I, I'm supposed to be done. I think the classes go through April and then I'll do a five work intern, five week internship. And then I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with it. You know, I know I want to teach, I don't plan on it being like a full-time gig for me, but just something, you know, I'd like to teach, you know, whatever, some classes each week and, um, just the marketer and me, I know how important it is to just kind of stand out and differentiate myself. So I'm thinking that, you know, I might want to go into a, you know, a specific area, you know, work with a specific group, whether that be prenatal or people, you know, who struggle with osteoporosis. I'm not sure yet, but, um, but yeah, I'm anxious to see where it takes me. And that, that's the other great thing is like the planner in me, like, you know, if you were to ask me a few years ago, I would have been like terrified, like, oh, I have to know where this yoga is going to take me. But right now I'm cool with not knowing. I'm just going to let the you know, let the cards fall. And, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. So if I'm really enjoying the experience. Yoga is one of those things I believe that just becomes part of you. I, I also went through a 200 hour teacher training and afterwards I taught a style of yoga called yin um, yoga for nine months. And I really enjoyed that. And, um, and, you know, yin is just such a quiet practice. It's a little bit like restorative, but you hold the poses longer. And you know, from, from your life that, you know, we hold a lot of emotions in our body, in our physical body. And so it's getting into the fascia and the ligaments and just sitting with a pose for three minutes, five minutes, 
people who are really into it can even do it for 10 minutes. And it just opens up all those little spaces where we're holding back. And um, it's just very, very cleansing and I love it. And um, and I love all styles of yoga, just like you did. I did Bikram yoga for like seven years and then I got into, you know, all the different kinds of vinyasa. And um, and I love I love that there are so many that, you know, you can appeal to athletes uh, looking for more flexibility. You can look for non-athletes looking for um, flexibility and um, people looking to tone. It just there's so many places, you know, people can um, get things out of yoga. But I think it's the philosophy of yoga that um, that we do. We want to be our highest self. You know, we want to get into our bodies and, and release things. And we want to have a mind, body, spirit connection to ourselves. And the mat is a wonderful place to practice life. Um, yes. I think a lot of times when we're on our mat and we're learning something new, um, you know, they always say like, if you fall out of a pose or, you know, and you freeze, you know, and you're like, I can't do it. Your mind is saying, I can't do it. And you just stand there and wait for them to get to the next one. That's probably how you are in your life. You get mad at yourself when you make a mistake and, and then you freeze. And um, so it's a, it's a purposeful way to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to learn how to not be that way on my mat so that I can take that outside the yoga studio and implement it in my life. And so I just, I love that symbolism. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It just warms my soul. I mean, that was just like yesterday during class, I was really hard on myself. We were working on headstands and I, I was scared and I was, you know, I was just, it was against the wall, but I just let the fear get the best of me. And I got a little bit emotional and, um, and again, I feel like before I would have like held on to that, but then I just, I, I just, I gave myself some grace, you know, at that moment. And I was like, you know what, if this is a process. I, you know, and you and I talked about this a little bit, like not, you're not, everybody's going to be able to do all these poses. And cause I struggle a little bit with perfectionism. And so, you know, I just want to be a really great teacher and I want to be able to show my students and teach them, but I might just not be able to do that pose and that's okay. And I, and that, and that's the thing, it's just becoming comfortable with our emotions and, you know, and it, it's just, again, it's that, that process because the less power they have over us, the, the better we are, you know, and that, then that's what it is. It just, we let, we let our emotions get the best of us. And so, yeah, it's it just, I, I love that you can, you know, if, especially at the end of each practice, when you end with Shavasana and you just like, it's only, it's like significant to like dying and then you know to death and then when you wake and then when you leave the mat it's like a new you it's a new beginning so now it's like you know now I can start over a new day or a new you know a new I can still if I had a shitty morning I can still have a better evening because whatever happened is just it's in the past it's whatever yeah tangent yeah Yeah. no I love that too yeah yeah we were talking about you know yeah, yoga is, um, it is a physical fitness too, you know, and I think that people need to remember that, that, you know, if you're in a class and someone says, okay, well, now we're going to do crow, you know, which is basically, you know, putting a lot of weight on your wrists and, um, you know, you have to have really good core muscles in order to, you know, balance your knees on your elbows and in that kind of bird-like position. And not everybody's ready to do that mentally or physically. And you have to just use your own intuition to say, am I, am I wanting to do that? And if you don't, if it's not for you, 
it's okay. You can, you can just sit out, but, um, you know, because I think we don't want to injure ourselves. And a lot of people do get injured in yoga because they push too hard. And yes. it, you know, it's a process of building the stamina and strength to do certain things. And you need to honor that, you know, in order to protect yourself from getting hurt. Nothing's worse than getting hurt at yoga. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, wow, I think we just covered so many awesome things. And um, I guess before we close, I just want to know, you know, what would you say to somebody who realizes that something's not working for them, and they need to, they need to give it up? What, what would you say? Honestly, I, I would say that, yeah, like you said, I mean, it doesn't even have to be an addiction. If something's not serving you, if something just like weighs on your mind and your soul, then, you know, maybe just take a step back and think about, you know, just kind of recognize. I think a lot of it takes, you know, you have to recognize, you have to want, you have to have the desire to change and then ask for help or seek it out. I mean, again, there's, you know, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do this on your own. And because I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my support system and my, you know, every, everything that I have, all the tools that I've, you know, embraced. And so, and again, another piece is, you know, just don't forget, or just ask for help. But then also, there's no right or wrong way to doing this. I mean, this thing called life is just so challenging and tricky, but, you know, great and fun and, you know, so many different things, but there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, if you, if you have an addiction or if you have, like, if you're struggling with something and just want to be a better version of you, then just like, you know, figure out what works best for you. Cause then you're going to be successful. And, you know, it's like every, we're all unique in our own way. And so you got to find what works for you and what turns you on and what's going to help you do what you need to do to be successful. So that's pretty much what I would say. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, I'm going to leave it at that. I think that's such a beautiful message. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nikki as much as I did. She is such an inspiration. It's not easy to admit when things aren't working and to seek help. She is doing the hard work to be happier and healthier and sharing her journey with all of us via her blog, Fierce Feisty Female. I look forward to keeping in touch with Nikki and seeing how she incorporates yoga into her healing practice. If you like this podcast, please share it with someone you love and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you can listen to our upcoming episodes. Feel free to leave a comment so we can learn more about you. We're building a community where we can all learn together. If you would like help making some changes in your life, please visit my website, www.tamaraortigal.com to schedule a chat. I would be honored to help you develop a plan that addresses your specific needs. Have a wonderful day. Be well.